one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Oi. I'm giving away nude pics of me. Stick around till the end of this episode to see how you can get your hands on them. Hello and welcome to a special LGBT History Month episode. If I'd organised this properly, this would have been one of the main ones. Or maybe I'd have just started the season in time for LGBT History Month, but I didn't. What are you going to do? Well, what I'm going to do is an extra episode, a special bonus episode. Bonus. <laughs> You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. Ah, joining me, as you've probably guessed, shouting bonus at uh, <laughs> all the wrong moments, is my good friend Adam. Hello, Adam. Hi. Bonus. <laughs> Stop it, because you just make me giggle the whole way through. Some of you may remember from a previous episode of Probably True, you talked about all sorts of kinky shit, didn't you? It was a threesome that involved feet and friendship. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> And all the Fs. A heartwarming story for the ages. And also, Adam is one of the presenters on The Logbooks. Tell us. Tell us about The Logbooks podcast. The Logbooks is a podcast. Okay, Um, good. Yeah, with you so far. (laughs) We made a season last year, one season of about 10 episodes. And it's an attempt to tell a history of LGBTQ plus life in Britain from 1974 onwards through the voices and the stories of people who rang Switchboard, the helpline for help. Right. So Switchboard is like gay Samaritans. Exactly. LGBTQ plus Samaritans. It's still running today as a charity, still taking calls, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Has been doing since 1974. And the volunteers, when they started in 1974, started writing notes in these physical things called logbooks, just A4 notepads describing what was coming up on the calls and also talking to each other between volunteers like from one shift to the next about what was coming up on the calls and how switchboard volunteers manning the phones or personing the phones could actually help the callers. I'm imagining them as as kind of big kind of leather bound tomes. They're not leather bound tomes. They're like cheapo uh, lined paper that you would get from WH Smiths. Okay so people would ring switchboard with their kind of queries things what like um Hello, I'm new to London. Where can I go and meet gay people? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, everything from I just want to go to a disco because I'm new to London and I'm gay or I think I'm gay, so I want to go to a gay disco. Everything from like jolly calls like that all the way through to my dad's just kicked me out because I'm gay and I've got nowhere to go. What do I do like right now? And oh, and by the way, the pips are coming. And so my money in the phone box is about to run out. Of course, because no one had mobile phones because this is like in the past. This is in in the past. LGBT History Month. That's true. Yeah. Uh, We are so lucky to live in the future. We're so lucky to have mobile phones. So everything from uh, like runaways like that to where should I go for a doctor? 
because I think I've got the clap. I was going to say, do you get people going, oh, yeah. there's something green and oozy coming out of my knob. What yeah. should I do? Where do I go? And so Switchboard kept notes on which were the good clinics, which were the uh, friendly clinics. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and so they could advise callers, okay, don't go to this clinic, go to this other clinic because there's friendly doctors there um, who are like, with gay sex and not going to shame you for it and all that not going to shame you for it there are calls about people saying i'm a man and my wife has caught me dressing up in her clothes she is really shocked about this and i don't know whether that means my marriage is ending i don't know what that means about me and who i who i think i am there's a lot of language in the in the logbooks which is historic language so there's talks of ts and tv transsexual and transvestite because um in the early logbooks this is this is from the you know 70s and the, and the 80s and um, so there's calls about that side of life and there's also calls lots and lots and lots of calls about sex hooray such as what happens to the semen when it's inside you just kind of sits there doesn't it yeah until you poo it out so calls like that or i'm a girl and i've um met another girl and we're gonna do something but i don't know what to do how do i do it what's she gonna like things like that do they get trained yes okay switchboard had a training group well still has a training group they get together and they share all this information the the point is if you're a volunteer at switchboard still today then you don't know who's on the other end of the line when you pick up the phone so you have to be able to know everything so if you're a gay man you have to know about lesbian sex in case someone calls you and asks you about lesbian sex um, I suppose at least nowadays, if you needed to, you could put them on hold and Google it. But then surely they could, could Google it themselves. <laughs> they could Google it themselves. The point is they, they want to speak to another human being. Right. And Switchboard's uh, tagline now is um, calm words when they're needed most. Nice. Um, and so it's those words from another person. What's, give me an example. If, if, if What was the typical mm-hmm. thing that someone rang up and asked back in the olden days? Okay, yeah, I've... Uh, I can give you an example here. Okay. This is a logbook entry from April 19th, 1975. Wow. It says uh, Chagaramas. Same to you. Which is um, the name of a pub or a bar in central London, I think. It's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Chagaramas reported not gay at all. Straights have been making comments when gays dance together. Gays have been huddled in a corner so they will feel ill at ease. So what's going on? That's the entry. So someone's obviously rung in to say Chagaramas, this pub, which maybe is known to be gay or gay friendly, or maybe was recommended by a switchboard volunteer on a previous yeah. call. Yeah. So they, someone could have rung maybe up and not. gone, hey, where should I go? And they've gone, oh, Chagaramas is quite good. Yeah. And then they've rocked up. And then they've had this experience of gays being huddled together in a corner. So the volunteer has written that down basically to alert other volunteers that they've had this report from someone that maybe it's not like gay friendly. So it's a bit like a an old worldy yelp review or like a google yeah (laughs) interesting exactly how did they share it and stuff like someone just stand up and go guys (laughs) no one go to chagaramas well yeah that's one of the reasons why you have the logbook so that when you start a shift you flick back through the pages that represent the previous shifts so you can look at that but then there was uh, an information group of volunteers in switchboard whose job it was to maintain an enormous like filing system <laughs> with like, actually like filing cabinets and folders yeah and, cabinets and folders paper scrolls, scrolls roller decks <laughs> like just loads and loads of paper basically huge wow. fire hazard um <laughs> so they would have you know section on like bar like gay bars in london so it would be their job they would um look through the logbook the most recent entries and look at things like that and then go and update the entry that they have for they probably have an entry for chagaramas and they're just they'll update that entry to say oh we've had a report that maybe it's not gay friendly and then when someone else rings and says oh you know i've heard about chagaramas shall i go there is that gay friendly then then the switchboard volunteer can go hang on a minute 
you know, find all the papers. <laughs> One moment, call <laughs> Flick, 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 flick. Yeah, exactly. Um, and find the information and then say, well, you know, yeah, we have had did have reports that it was gay-friendly. It's supposed to be a gay pub or something. But um, actually, no, uh, we, we've just had reports that maybe it's not. So, like, Wow, and make, it's certainly not you anymore. You make your choice, so it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that'll learn them. <laughs> And so there must then be like the, the information thing. Presumably now is online. Not well, not if on maybe not available publicly, but certainly more kind of like Digital. one second. Yeah, typey typey rather than flicky flicking. Exactly. Yes, Switchboard kind of moved its system of making these notes on calls and information files into a digital format fully in 2003. And so the handwritten logbooks run from 1974 to to 2003. The first season of the Logbooks podcast runs until 1982. So we hope to make seasons two and three, which will then follow on from that, bringing us up to 2003. I see. And then will you stop? And then we will stop. Oh. <laughs> but the uh, but um actually although it took until 2003 for them to go like fully computerized uh there is an entry in the logbook in 1984 which reads something like this I'll try and like orally replicate the typography that the person had used well a handwritten typography it goes um November the 2nd 1984 the arrival of the, the computer, computer is imminent the person's like drawn it hand drawn it like with like shadowing it's like word art proper word art wow. but handwritten word art and it says it's a 10 megabyte hard drive massive and it's an apricot which i don't um i don't know that's the color scheme right. it's just a nice kind of pinkish orange <laughs> um with like a mild fuzz did you get people calling up and being like Hello, my knob's gone green. <laughs> yes, Switchboard definitely did. You can see those in the in the in the logbooks, those kinds of calls. My knob's gone green. Can you recommend a clinic? What should I do? Like now. Yeah. What should I do? It's and, dropped off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Switchboard obviously had calls like that, um, health calls. And so just like it kept like a Rolodex of bars, it kept a Rolodex of clinics to say, well, this clinic is friendly and this one is not. The thing about those kinds of calls is that you never really knew what was going to happen to that person afterwards. Because, you, you know, you, you might give them advice on the phone and then, well, who knows whether they managed to get the treatment. So, the, oh, of course, because no one's going to call back and go, oh, it's all better now. Thank you. Exactly. Can you tell me where I can go and get bummed against a tree? Yeah. Wow. I, that, I think that would drive me up the wall, just not knowing... Like all of these kind of glimpses into other people's lives with no kind of closure, no kind yeah. of happy ever after yeah, or otherwise. Exactly. I mean, I can give you an example yeah. of that, actually. Well, I don't... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, torture me some more. Go on, yeah. give it to me. This is a logbook entry from June 11th, 1982. Had that's, a... that's almost 20 years ago. No, it's <laughs> It's a lot more than that. Uh, I'm 35 and I was born in 84 and that's two years before that. So 37 years ago or 38 years ago now we're in 2000. And twenty, oh, we live yeah. in the future, don't we? We do live in the future. So you can tell why I'm a writer and not a. <laughs> not, I nearly said a number. Then what do I mean? A mathematician. Jesus, words don't work either anymore. Anyway, sorry. Okay. So we're, we're we're going back to 1982. Yeah, June 11th, 1982. Had a call from a 19-year-old TV that would have meant transvestite, and that would be the word that the caller would have used for themselves. Back in the day. Um, who had just been thrown out of home this evening by his parents, who had just discovered, meaning they'd just found out that he was TV. We had a long chat, but he will probably phone back tomorrow for long-term advice. Luckily, he seemed reasonably together about his situation and was reconciled to spending a night in his mini. Is that it? That's it. 
So we don't know what happened. He never called back. I couldn't find an entry later um, to say that the person who was going to spend the night in, in his mini had phoned oh, back. So bless him. We don't know. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So that's the thing about um, the logbooks is that because it's like a diary of LGBT plus life in Britain, it's full of these dead ends and it's just in the moment this is happening i mean if you look back at your diary your teenage diary now um i don't recommend it <laughs> just be lots of whining about how come no one fancies me I yeah think. yeah um and there'll be a million dead ends you know you'll say like you know oh my god i just saw Stuart robinson in his dressing gown um and then you'll think like who was Stuart robinson did i ever get to know him like, did he ever answer? Did he ever answer my Valentine's um, that I put in the Scouts post at school or whatever? Oh, Uncle Stuart. And <laughs> so it's you know this is the thing about history. We kind of I think it's something that we don't always remember that when we're in the present moment, when we're looking back at history, um, we're doing that through the lens of like a history book, which has a final page and a back cover and it's closed. And that's a moment that we've read about. And people have thought about and it. People and, have thought and, about it and summed it up. Structured and, it together. Yeah. Or we're listening to the Logbooks podcast. And which you can find on all your good you podcasting exactly. apps. Um, which is 10 episodes. And we think, great, 1974 to 1982, a history of LGBT life in Britain in 10 episodes. Ding, it's done. But the reality is a lot more messy than that. Kind of a really interesting thing on working on this project is physically looking through all these notebooks, basically, with handwritten notes, with all these dead ends like that these loose threads of the tapestry. And obviously I'm trying to structure them and put them together and to tell a coherent story, which is what the podcast is. But then the reality is a lot messier than that. And we just don't know what happened to this person who spent the night in a mini. Oh, but like if you were 19 in 1982 and spent the night in a mini because your parents kicked you out, get in touch. I want to know what happened. We can't know. So let's imagine that his parents rethought their actions the next day in the cold light of day and realised that they loved their son no matter what and Let's go from there. hope for that. Yeah. I just don't know. No. Oh, that would drive me up the wall. Mm. I don't... That would, I would find that so frustrating. <laughs> Obviously, it's one of the things that Switchboard volunteers are very, very heavily trained in is that thing of, like, just not knowing anything. I mean, another kind of... Well, like depressingly common call is um, a suicide call. Someone saying that they're so low um, and struggling so much that they want to uh, take their life. And sometimes you don't know whether if you're a volunteer who's taking that call and you obviously talk to them and handle that situation. But then when they hang up, you don't know, you know, what they're going to do, whether you've had a positive impact on them or not. So that's kind of the most extreme end uh, a lot of the calls are yeah just like where can i go to get bummed in a park and so you maybe might give them that advice but you never know whether they were successful or just got some grass stains on their knees oh that'd be great hi uh, i rang up yesterday to ask you getting bummed in a park and uh, it was great thanks yeah, yeah thanks, you, that was ding, really good yeah ding. um so would you so if i rang up and said hello i want to get done up against a tree yeah. you, you'd tell me well, um, I mean, if you rang me and told you and, and asked me... Like, so, Adam, if I want I to get can, bummed up against a tree... <laughs> I can tell you some places. Obviously, in the late 70s and the early 80s, which is the period that we looked at in the logbooks, that is a, a dangerous action because, number one, the police are after you. Yeah, because they were really quite... Almost hunting people yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah they? they really were. It was after the partial decriminalisation of gay sex in 1967. But in many ways, that 
like further emboldened the police to to use the laws that they could do, such as gross indecency or soliciting, which were offences that were commonly used to charge men for having sex with men, especially in in public places like toilets or up against a tree in a park. And so, yeah, so it was a dangerous thing to do because of that. But also you're in a kind of vulnerable position when you're doing that. And so, you know, you could get mugged. People got mugged in parks doing that kind of thing. So that was a kind of debate among switchboard volunteers in in that time period. And after that time period about, well, should we advise callers what to do? Because they're going to put themselves in danger with the information that we give them. On the other hand, this is the 70s and this is the era of gay liberation. And the Gay Liberation Front. Another one, historical thing to go look up by yourself, kids. Thing, yeah. Formed in the UK in kind of 70, 71 after Stonewall in the US when the Gay Liberation Front started then and did some really quite radical actions, amazing stuff. And their aim was like full liberation for what they would have then said gays and lesbians, you know, didn't have the LGBT plus thing then. And so there was that movement to say, well, look, if someone wants to go get bummed in a park, then they sh- they have that right. That's their body, their choice their freedom and as switchboard we should be at the front line of giving them that information and that is a debate that's happening in the logbooks between volunteers there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I can give you a sort of um, another a place to go get bummed. A uh, place to go get bummed, or another logbook entry, which I could read out for you. Oh, um, yeah, sure. Which is kind Fine. of kind of similar, um, and it kind of highlights the the debate quite well, and the sort of the the that tension in the air among certainly men having seeking sex with men at that time. Right. Yeah. Hit me with it. This is a logbook entry from February 13th, 1976. The cottage on the third floor of the department store, which I'm not going to name, in Oxford Street is very dangerous at the moment. Staff or plainclothes police watching everyone and looking under cubicle doors. 
And obviously for some of our listeners, they might need to know what cottage means. Yes, cottaging. I'm told. <laughs> uh, I've heard it from several reputable sources when they didn't have the mouthful that cottaging is essentially places where one can go and have sex inside, mm-hmm. but not in private, yeah. as it were. So like yeah. toilets and yeah. things like that. Mostly public toilets. Yeah. So there was, uh, in 1970-something, a department store on Oxford Street which may or may not still be there, we don't know, that had toilets on the third floor that were at the time a hotspot. Exactly. For uh, a quick fiddle while you have a wee. Only then they were looking under cubicle... That's a horrible invasion of privacy. Even, like, imagine you just sat there, like, reading the paper or whatever, just (laughs) doing your business, and then someone sticks their head over the door. Yeah. Wow. The police would go further, actually, and in their efforts to capture men having sex with men in loos, they would often find their most handsomest police officer and put him in uh, regular clothes, especially shorts, and make some him stand... Some little denim number. Some little denims, yeah, exactly, and make him stand in the loo. And then um, if some horny little bugger came in, like eyed him up, then that's all that they would need to swoop and say, you're nicked, son. See, I'm almost certain that that's entrapment. That is definitely illegal. It is entrapment. But it was very, very common. And so those police officers were called pretty police. And And not just bastards. Not just bastards, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, those poor people, like, ringing switchboard and switchboard saying, hey, go here, don't go there. And, you know, you have to trust them. And then, like, but surely then also, could not the police also do the same thing? Because you wouldn't go, hello, I'm a policeman. You go, hello, I want to get bummed somewhere by yeah. a stranger. Yeah. And then whatever the the switchboard told you, you could round yeah. up three or four of your bobby mates and just wait with your truncheons out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I wouldn't put that past the police. I mean, it was years and years and years that this was going on, even up into the 90s, the, um, the entrapment stuff. But let me ask you a question, Scott, because I've read these entries and it's a very, very common way for men to have sex uh at this at this time that we're looking at the 70s and the 80s um it's you know people still do that today even in britain but certainly in other countries people still meet in public toilets and stuff and that's a lot of the time because those individuals feel like that's the only way that they can get sex maybe they have a partner at home who's the opposite sex for example so they can't use their home so they go to the toilet where they know that people are cruising for sex and that's what they do sometimes obviously for some people like the act of doing it in semi-public or the act of doing it in a toilet with vaporized urine in the air is also like horny for them Um, it's quite romantic you know the the smell of like bleach and (laughs) the splash of liquid (laughs) lovely and and just i read those entries about like you know the the stories of people who um were doing that because that was how they they could have sex and i think wow i live in a time where it's much more comfortable to be gay still got a long way to go even in britain etc people still attacked and all of that but it just makes me wonder would i have done that with my circumstances and the time that i was living in meant that the only way that i could have the sex that i wanted was to take that risk of being arrested or being attacked or anything like that and go to a public toilet that's the something that i think about when i think about this moment in history and so i would ask that question to you like how do you feel that i imagine i would just because it was that or nothing essentially yeah. and that's Did you take sad. that risk yeah that's awful to think that that was the only way mm. and i suppose for some people especially like you say the closeted ones who have like family or that'd be the only contact they have with mm. like their their gay side it would be the only part of it that they could acknowledge and even then yeah. only occasionally and at great risk of like having their entire life ruined yeah so it's just one of those things in history which is not long ago like our parents lived in in this time as as adults 
It's really not long ago. I mean, this is the reality. Reading these logbook entries now from the 1970s in Britain could be text messages from 2020 in some parts of the world now. Makes you think. It makes you think. It does. Yeah. Things nowadays are a bit miserable if you look at them like that. But there's also a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. I could sit and listen to you all day. I mean, (laughs) I can because there's already a podcast out there with all of this on (laughs) it, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another example for me? I do. I have one more example, which is about the politics of the time. Kind of gives you an example of just how political and politicized it was just to be having sex or uh, finding a partner or just hanging out with other gay people. Quite often, you know, you might be wearing a badge which identifies you as gay. You know, it might say gay rights, gay liberation or something like that. Even now I have a a red uh, AIDS ribbon. Right, you have a red uh, on, my, exactly. on my black coat. Can yeah. you imagine being chucked out of a pub for wearing that now? Here's a logbook entry from August 23rd, 1975. Leeds CHE, that's Campaign for Homosexual Equality. In Leeds. In Leeds. Right. Um, like the local Leeds chapter. Right. Um, and the Gay Liberation Front. So those were like the two activist organisations at the time. Leeds CHE and GLF are asking gays to boycott the new penny as management are refusing admittance to women wearing trousers. Oh, hang on. We're going to have to unpack that. The new penny is presumably a pub. Pub. Not like a a newly issued coin. Yes. Which is where my brain went to start with. All right. So there's a pub called the new penny. Yes. That is turning away women. Yes. For wearing trousers. Because that was a symbol of them being lesbians. And then the entry continues, York lesbian group looking for new meeting place as the landlord has become oppressive. He is refusing to serve people wearing gay badges. So these are symbols of like your sexual identity and your um, your freedom to mm. wear a message or wear trousers if you're a woman. And so you're being kicked out this? of a pub. 1975. 1975. Yeah. A woman wearing trousers could have been kicked out of a pub. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So this history is like really quite recent yeah um so i was about to say that's 25 years ago but it's not is it <laughs> it's not 45 i'm very bad at maths today and generally <laughs> but that's crazy so the leeds chapter yeah of the leeds chapter of the two uh well the leeds chapter of the campaign for homosexual equality and of the gay liberation front those are the two activist organizations are asking gays to boycott the pub the new penny because the management are kicking women out with um trousers that's crazy yeah and then and then in york if you wore a badge that just could identify you as a gay person yeah or even as an ally although i suppose this is i mean this is why allyship is still a bit iffy isn't mm-hmm. it because wow so that like common badges at the time like slogans on badges were things like lesbians ignite that was a uh, um a badge that i've seen also the bishop's gay institute has a collection of badges yeah so if you want to look at like gay um politics shit. badges shit um then um, the bishop's gate institute in london has a pretty decent collection of of all of these badges is it open to the public it is wow and yes. do they have them do you have to kind of like go and say hello i need to see this it's yes. in cabinet 4b or yes whatever. that's exactly what you need to do. you need to fill out a little slip of paper like say who you are but most of the collection is just available and open you just have to go and present yourself and you can search the catalogue online on the bishop's okay gate institute so website. You, you can make sure they've got something that you want to see yes exactly that's amazing yeah so that's this history is you know like still um living with us and often preserved in archives but it is something lgbt plus history generally is something that has not traditionally been preserved and not held there's a couple of archives in the uk the bishop's gate institute is is one of them and another 
other parts of the world obviously they they have them but it's not something that has like really been kept and obviously it's only really in the past decade or so a couple of decades where people have like written about lgbt history and researched it more thoroughly that kind of thing there was that thing maybe last year or the year before where two skeletons were unearthed holding hands and they were like oh it's a warrior and his wife they were (laughs) lovers they've been buried together in a really romantic gesture and then it turned out they were both men yeah and then it was like oh they're really good friends (laughs) yeah colleagues oh they they must have (laughs) they must have been brothers or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) when i read these logbook entries and obviously uh, making the podcast the thing that i always try to remember about these moments from history is thinking about those women who were wearing trousers and going to a pub in Leeds and getting kicked out. And they probably knew that wearing trousers was maybe risky business or that certainly the the women wearing a badge that says lesbians ignite or like gay liberation now, um, things like that. And just thinking these were individuals who made those choices knowing that people were being arrested in public toilets for cruising for sex, knowing that when they marched on political marches through central London or some of the other big cities that the police were there to basically kettle them and that people whose days were interrupted by this march walking through the high street those people would like spit on them and call them names but these were individuals who were making those choices to be out and proud and to walk down the street or to walk into a pub wearing trousers or a badge and those individuals are paving the way for you and me to sit here and make this podcast which anyone in the world can listen to know our voices know our names look us up because we are fucking unashamed gays um, out and proud and it's we thanks are. to those people who were doing that in a riskier way before us it, it's amazing how much of it i mean i say oh it's amazing how much we take for granted you don't know you're born <laughs> but it is isn't it it is it, it really, really is, is. It it's is. crazy i mean I'd, i don't want to be the person who like stands outside gay and says to all of the 18 year olds as they're going in like never forget where your you know like your your gay forefathers you know like led you here i mean i guess that's what i'm kind of doing now but like you know we should live our lives those 18 year olds should just be able just should just wander into gay and just you buy know, me a drink buy, buy, buy scott a drink yeah. at the end of the bar and you know should have that freedom but i also think we it, we all owe it also to ourselves every so often to just take a moment and remember. And that's what LGBT History Month, I guess, is all about in February. It's it's just a moment, a collective moment to think, wow, there is a history to this. We are part of a lineage and we are inheriting our freedom from those people who were out before us. From all those brave people who did the hard work so we don't have to. Yeah. Very thoughtful way to end it, which is nice. Yes, lovely. Thank you very much, Adam, for, for coming along and doing this special Gay History Month episode. Thank you for having me. It's been really nice to actually like have lots of space to talk it all through outside the strict structure that I placed on the podcast, the, like the Logbooks podcast. The podcast that you created. This, yes. That with, you put on yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I should say there's three of us producers, Shivani Dave and Tash Walker. And Who are both lovely. And that, yes. So you can find the Logbooks wherever you find Probably True. Just search the Logbooks, presumably. Yeah, it's um, three words, the Logbooks. I'll be back with your regularly scheduled Probably True new series starting on the first Monday in March. So that's very soon. Until then, tatty bye. Right, let's go find a tree to get bummed under, shall we? (laughs) That was Probably True, the repeatedly award-winning storytelling series created by me, Scott Flashheart, to remind all of my queer brothers and sisters that we are none of us alone. 
You can find transcripts of every episode, links and other things at probablytruepodcast.com. There's additional content and other lovely stuff available to subscribers at patreon.com forward slash probably true. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. I'm giving away nudes for free. Of me. Like my nudes. Not just random tarts I found on the internet. If you'd like to see what I look like with no clothes on, all you have to do is go to podcastviews.com, fill out the survey, and then send me a screenshot of the thank you page at the end. That's it. That's all you have to do to see me in the nip. I'm also trusting you not to just post them immediately online and share them with everyone, you know. It's just for you, really. Just go to podcastviews.com. Such fun. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.